just where you are right now today, how many of y'all, man, it could be like heaviness, it could be things you've been dealing with, there's been a lot of good like things that you've been thinking through that God's been showing you and stuff like that. How many of y'all would say right now, and it might be you personally, it might be family, it might be something totally different, and you don't have to do this, I'm just asking before we get going, I just think I need to. How many of y'all would say, man, whatever it is, man, today, I just, I just could use somebody to pray for me and over me for what I'm going through. You don't have to. It's not like it's a test or anything. That's you, man. If you said, man, I just could use some people praying over me today. You didn't got to tell you what it is. How many of y'all say, man, I could just really use some people to pray for me right now? Anybody? Got a couple of us in here? Hands up real high. Okay, just want to make sure. <laughs> Girl be like, I got two. Okay, it's good. All right. All right, good. I'm just going to pray over you real quick, okay? Lord, I pray over these right now. Lord, you're so near. You're so real. We don't even know it. I mean, even Jacob said, Lord, surely the Lord is here, and I didn't even know it. But, Lord, you hear us when we call to you. That's your heartbeat. And so, Lord, you know exactly what these that raised their hands and those that didn't are walking through, going through, and are going to go through. Lord, would you be near to them? Would you bear burdens? Where there is sorrow, would you bring joy? Where there's heaviness, would you bring praise? And just a real near sense of your presence. Maybe even right now, Lord, that you're lifting something off of them that needs to be lifted. Or you're giving them strength to keep walking. Um, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, good to see y'all this morning. My goodness gracious. Hey, I love y'all. But even greater than that, Jesus loves you a ton, a ton. After we talked about last night, if you got your Bibles, real quick, let's go to Deuteronomy. Matt, you're welcome. We're going OT, big dog. Yeah, I see you back there. Bum, 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 bum. All right, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 4. That's after Genesis. Deuteronomy chapter 4. And uh, we'll be at... Uh, at verse 7 in just a second. Now, here's the thing. It's going to feel and look a little bit different this morning. After last night, we talked about the heart of God. We talked about what God's heart is, what he's like. He doesn't change. Like Brittany talked about earlier, that he doesn't change. Truth doesn't change. He's the rock. He stays firm. In a world that's ever-changing, God never changes. Okay? And so, but we talked about how, what is God like in the midst of our sin? He's a loving father. And it's crazy. I don't even understand it. Don't have to. It's just what he's like. And we're learning how to believe that about what God says about himself. Okay. So here we go. Y'all ready? This morning, it's going to look a little different. I'm going to need some crowd participation this morning. Okay. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. I love crowd participation. Okay. So here's the thing. What I'm about to share with you is a story, real-life story, and the whole point of this is what does it show us and teach us about the heart of God? I'm not telling you a story from my life to point to me. I'm not telling you a story about my life to point to anybody else, but it's simply stating what does it teach us about the heart of God, what he is like, okay? So here's the thing. I need you to pay attention from the beginning of the story to the end of the story. Everything in that story is something we can pick out and teach one another about the heart of God. Okay, everybody understand? If you understand, go like this. If you have no idea what I'm doing, just keep doing this. Okay, good, here we go. All right, so here's the story, you ready? This happened, uh, let's see, probably two years ago or so, okay? We had just moved to Columbia, South Carolina to a new area uh, and, uh, from Mississippi, and so here it goes, you ready? Remember, the whole story, I'm gonna ask you, you're technically gonna teach us this morning. It's gonna be so good, because I would listen when you talk. Anyway, all right, here we go. So, you ready? Here it goes. 
So it's about three in the morning. I wake up, and I don't know if you've ever had one of those those dreams. I call them like those demonic, like field dreams when you wake up and you just kind of feel the presence of evil, and you know something's got to happen. You know you either got to pray or do something, right? It's just a weird feeling dream. You know what I'm talking about? It it ain't fun. So I I wake up and I feel like the presence of evil in my room. Like I just feel like it's just the dream was crazy. It was about this like psychopath, almost looked like what's that stuff everybody watches? Those kind of cartoon things everybody watches? Anime. Looked like an anime dude, right? You know what I'm talking about? It's just real creepy, if I'm honest. And he's in, in, in the dream, the guy's going like, you know, he's like he's insane. He's going, he's in the woods. And I, and I, and I, and I wake up, and Gavin, in his room, is, wakes up at two-year-old. He's my four-year-old now. He's like two-year-old, screaming bloody murder. Like, ah, like that. So I wake up, and I pray a little bit. Got a little piece. I go in there. I lay my hand on Gavin. I just pray over him. He stops crying. He stops fussing, and he's, he goes back to sleep. I pray for him. I figure he might be the one I need to pray for because <laughs> he's the one screaming. And then I go back to bed. Wake up next morning, no big deal, hadn't thought about it. I go off, do some things that morning. I come back. I mean, I'm on my way back home, and my wife calls me, Natalie calls me, and she's crying over the phone. Now, something you need to understand about my wife is that not that she's not emotional or anything like that, but she don't cry, right? I mean, she'll cry telling you about Jesus. She'll cry telling you some cool stuff, but she is tough as all get out. You got what I'm saying? I mean, she, she wrestles bears for fun, okay? You know what I'm saying? So she's tough. She don't cry. So when she cries about something, I pay attention. She's crying on the phone. I mean, like really crying on the phone. And she says, because it, it was just her and Gavin and me, she looks at she on the phone, she says, Paul, I can't find Gavin. And I went, I'm on the road. I said, what do you mean you can't find Gavin? She goes, Paul, and she's crying. She goes, Paul, I need you to understand, I cannot find him. He was here a little bit ago in the house, and I can't find him. She goes, I've been outside calling him, you know, for about five or seven minutes now. I saw our neighbor, Victoria, next door. She, I said, hey, can you find Gavin might have just wandered off. Could you just find him? So she's calling in the neighborhood. She calls me. She goes, we've searched for about seven minutes, and I cannot find Gavin. Well, two things happened, and I'm driving home. I remember that dream. <laughs> I remember that dream. And in that moment, I had a moment. I said, Lord, you know where he is. You know what's going on. I have no idea. There's nothing really I can do. I trust you. Right? If somebody had the worst has happened, if somebody's taking him, which could happen very easily, I said, then, Lord, he's yours. I need you to take care of him. And if not, I need you to help us. And so as I get in my neighborhood, I see two cars coming. Remember, I don't know what's going on. He could be anywhere. I it could be fine. I have no idea at this point, but my wife been crying. I see this car coming up down the highway, I mean, up, up our street, and I stop them, and I do like this. I have no idea who they are. And I said, hey, how you doing? I'm just looking in their car. You know, you never know. It could happen. I don't know. I'm looking there and said, hey, have you seen a little two-year-old blonde-headed kid running around here named Gavin? He goes, no, I, don't, I hadn't seen anybody. I said, well, if you do, you know, we're the last house on the right. Do that to two cars. Get up in the driveway. I see my wife. She's just pouring out tears. She's just sobbing. She goes, I can't find him, Paul. He is gone. Like something's happened. Like I don't know. So I said, okay, hold on, hold on. So I go in the house. Now, anytime I come home and I say, Jimmy, I say, G-Man, I say, Gavin, and it doesn't matter what he's doing, where he is, what game he's playing, he's going to come home to daddy, right? He's going to come up and go, dad, and jump in my arms. Well, I go to the house. And I go, Gavin, Gavin. For about three minutes, I tear the house up. Every hiding spot you could, we ever use, everything, every room in the house, I'm going through it. The whole thing, can't find him anywhere. So I go outside. I get in my truck, and I start driving down through the way. I remember, he's in the woods. You know, I remember that, that thing. So I go in the woods, and I start going, Gavin, Gavin. I start yelling for him, searching for him. So at that time, it's been about 12 minutes we hadn't heard, we hadn't heard anything from him. 
And so I go, and, and then there's some neighbors that are outside, apart from the other ones. There's some neighbors out there going, and they go, what are you doing? I said, well, yeah, it's probably not a big deal, you know. I said, but I, I can't find Gav. We can't find Gav. He's been missing about 12 minutes or so, you know. I said, hey, if you see him walking around down there somewhere, just, you know, send him back, send him back home. He's thinking, ain't no big deal. Here's what they said. They go, what? We're not doing that. He goes, Gavin's lost. They said, we're going to do everything we can. They start telling other neighbors. They get in their little, like, ATVs and stuff. Guy has a, has a video camera in his house. He goes, I'm going to go check the video camera, see if somebody drove up and took him. And the, the whole people are combing the neighborhood, calling out, Gavin, Gavin. They don't even know him that well. Gavin, Gavin. The whole neighborhood dropped what they were doing to come help us. So I go back. As I'm walking in the woods out there, I said, Lord, I don't know where he is, but I trust you. So I go back in the house, tear it up two more times, trying to find him. Gavin, Gavin. And I'm outside. Finally, I tell Natalie, I said, Natalie, it still made no sense. You know, I said, but just to be safe, just in case the worst is, is there, just call the police. Just let them know this is happening. Right? That's all I care. Just let them know it's happening. Right? And uh, not to get, in, you, know, you know, not to get crazy, but just let them know. So she's on the phone with the police. And at this time, it's been 20 minutes, 20 minutes. Ain't heard nothing. Can't find him. So she's on the phone with the police, and I'm outside, and I'm like, Lord, I got nothing. I've done everything that I know what to do. I've looked everywhere I could possibly look. I've tried. I've given my, I've given my best, right? I've given my best to you. I need you to give me something. I trust you. If he's gone and it's, it's the worst, you're still God, and I trust you. I know you'll help us, but I need you to show us what to do right here, please. And next thing you know, by minute 22, I hear that. I kind of walk, kind of walk towards the door, and I hear this little, I hear this little noise, this little sound. And I went, I kind of go in that. I said, Gavin. I said, Gavin. I said, Gavin, where are you, bud? Nothing. Two minutes passed by. I'm like, Lord, I need something else. I need a little bit more than that. And I hear a, I hear it again. And I start going over here to this direction, which I've already been three times. Okay, I've already been there three times. And I get over here, and I'm like, Gavin. Two more minutes passed by, 25 minutes total. I say, Gavin, where are you? And I hear another little whoop. And I go into this closet that I had been, the girl's closet that I had been in already three times. The light's been off for now 10, 15 minutes. And I go into that closet again, and I, and I, I look behind these clothes again. And I look behind these clothes, and there's Gavin with a big old smile on his face. And I think in that moment, he must have known the severity of the situation. He probably thought, oh, I'm dead. <laughs> you know, but that wasn't the case. But in that moment, you could tell he's like, oh. That, 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 that smile went from, oh, this is serious. So I get him in my arms, I scoop him up, and I give him a big old bear hug. I just give him a hug, and I smother him with some kisses and stuff like that, you know. And I'm like, son, I said, what in the world? And I go to Natalie, who's on the phone with the police officer, and, and I go, Natalie, we found him. We found him. And she goes, oh, I'm so sorry. Police officer just came up the driveway. And I said, oh, we're so sorry, ma'am. Thank you so much for coming so quickly. He, uh, he played hide-and-seek, and he won, okay, <laughs> you know. And, uh, and I called, my, I called my, all the neighbors. They're like, yeah, Gavin's been found. That's awesome. They all celebrate and rejoice. I got a buddy that's a police officer. He calls me and goes, Paul, we just heard over the, over the little radio thing all across Lexington County. He goes, we just heard if you have a lookout for a two-year-old blonde-headed kid with blue eyes named Gavin. He's lost. Can you find him? They go, is that our Gavin? I said, yeah, that's Gavin, but he's okay now. He goes, Paul, you don't understand. He says, you don't understand. He goes, if you give us a little, like, house dispute, a little domestic dispute, you know, that's important. That's important for a police officer. We'll get there. We'll get there. But you tell us that there's a lost child, that's our heartbeat. We will drop everything and go find that one lost child. He goes, there are nine canine units en route to your house right now. I said, you might want to call them off, <laughs> right? Um, so, but in the end, 
Gavin was found. There was great rejoicing. Now, you ready? Y'all ready? It's time for you guys to teach the message this morning. What does this teach us? What does this show us from the beginning of the story? I want you to think about it. From the beginning of the story all the way to the end, what does this teach us about the heart of God? What does this teach us about the heart of God? Starting at the beginning. Yes, ma'am. He will walk you through everything in life. All right, good, good. But give me something in the story. So that's true because part of the story was, here's the crazy thing. Part of the story was is that we had a promise from God that he would be with us always, right? The thing that gave us confidence and comfort in the midst of of what seemed to be a really scary time was that God had said, I'll be with you. That's good. Give me something else. Oh, that's good. Did you notice how in the story, all the neighbors and different people had literally stopped what they were doing? They very easily could have kept, kept going, ah, well, okay, we'll pray for you, <laughs> which is what most of it. We'll pray for you. But instead, they dropped everything and took on what, well, let's be honest, it was our son. It wasn't their son, but they dropped everything and took it on as if it was their son, right? That was good. Give me something else about what teaches about the heart of God from parts of that story, from the beginning to the end. Give me something else. Yes, ma'am. That's good. So you said to the Holy Spirit comforted. Let me say you this. With that, in that, you know, remember that dream that I had? I'm going to tell you something about the heart of God. God will give you warning signs ahead of time. Right? Y'all, I'm going to tell you right now, this book right here is not only is it a love letter from God, I hate to say this, but I don't really hate to say this. Y'all, it's a book full of warning. And we are fooling ourselves. We can stay asleep and ignore the warning signs that God's given us about wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, and we can just keep on sleeping. But God gives us tons of alarms and warning signs in our lives to turn from sin and trust in Christ. Right? God's good. Give me, give me something else. Something else from the story. Pick something from the story out. I good. Well, that's kind of like that. You see that again. You see how they left everything to find the one. It's like we talked about last night in Luke 15. The heart of God, I don't understand it. I don't get it. But his heartbeat would literally be to leave. If everybody in this room were saved, he would literally leave the 99 and go find the one missing person. And I need you to, to, to think through this. God would leave all of us in the sense of in the way the Bible says to go find you if you were lost. He would do it. I'll go, give me something else. Something else from the story. Yes, that's good. See, Gavin thought it was a game, but in reality, it was a real situation that even he didn't know about. That was Luke 15 last night. That younger son went off, thought it was a game, until he realized the severity of the situation and the heart of his father is what transformed him. That younger son thought that it wasn't a, it wasn't a game and it was all about him, and he didn't even know, and he missed the father's love. In this case, sometimes we think this is a game sometimes, I think, don't we? Sometimes I think we do. And God's talking about the severity of what's going on. But the great thing is, y'all, I don't get it is that the heart of God is to welcome you back no matter what. Makes no sense to me. Now give me something else about the heart of God from the story, any, any part in the story. Give me something else. Come on, I want you all to think about it. I told you it's going to be crowd participation. I want somebody from over here, right, somebody from over there. I want you to think about the story and tell me about the heart of God. 
And I love silence, by the way. It's one of the greatest gifts in the world. You got something? Hey, nice hair, by the way, red hair. I think Jesus might have been redheaded. Maybe King David. I don't know. Either one. Go ahead. Good. Did you see that? She said that we, the Father, that we searched through everything. We tore up stuff. At that moment, the house was irrelevant, right? We tore stuff up. At that point, stuff outside the truck, the vehicle, all that stuff was irrelevant in order to find my son that was lost, right? And here's the crazy thing. Coming to the cross, Jesus does the exact same thing to find us, okay? All right, give me something else. Somebody over here. Give me another one. What did you, what did, when I was telling the story, what did you see like that we were doing, like either internally or externally? What did you notice that I was doing? Not just, not just finding somebody, but what did you see about my, in relation to, to God? What did you see with me and, and, and Natalie or something in relation to God? What did you notice I was doing? How's that again? You were praying. Did y'all see that? Look at Deuteronomy real quick. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 4. Here we go. You ready? Verse 7. This is the heart of God. Look at verse 7. For what great nation or people is there that has a God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us whenever we call to him? Now, I want you to see that in the heart of God because prayer is relational. Did you notice that, that it said that, that, y'all, you could find, you could look at any religion out there. You could look at any place out there. You could go to any spot in the entire world, any people group that believes in anything that they want to believe. Y'all ready? There is not a single people group, not a single people group in the entire world other than the people of God that has, says, God says that when you pray, oh, thank you, Lord, thank eight, that when you pray, hey, I want you to pray real quick. I want you to say, Nick, Nick at night, t- start talking to me. Say, like, like I'm going to say, Lord, what you got? Say it again. What you got? You see that? Say it again. What you got? Somebody else call out. Over here. Lord, what you got? I need you to see that because this is the heart of God. The heart of God is to be near and up close to us and for us to be up close to him. There's nobody else in the world that can call out to a God and that God be right there than what we have. That's the heart of God. The heart of God is to be together. The heart of God is is when you pray, he's right there. Right? So when I'm talking to God, guess what? He's right there the whole time. And we walk through life not being aware of the God who is near so much. Right now. Give me me something else. Anybody else? Anything else on on this? A couple more things. What you got? I want you to think about the story. Think about the heart of God. I told you it's going to be a little different this morning. Yes, sir. Say that again. One more time. Oh, good. Think about this idea. God rewards trust, right? The idea of trust and obey. The whole point is we had no idea. Look, we were scared. There was no, there was no lying about that. It's not like we got, oh, pff, I trust. There's no fear. No, we had to walk through that. And when, when we said, Lord, I trust you, like the first night of camp, Lord, I trust you, and we kept walking and kept trusting, then God shows up, period, right? When the moment you say, Jesus, I need you, Jesus, I trust you, God rewards that and shows up. All right, give me something else. Anything else? Good. Say it again. Hit, say it again. His love is relentless. I just like hearing you talk. <laughs> okay. His love is relentless. Y'all, here's the thing. We... Today, here at Indian Springs, 
You have, most of you have heard most of your life, hey, his love is relentless because it's powerful. His love never stops. His love never gives up. It's because it's who he is. It's not based on you or me. And this sounds like, oh, it's just, my. no, listen to this. His love is relentless. Guess, how, guess, how, guess when I would have stopped looking for Gavin if I never found him? I may not be here right now. Because in some form or fashion, whatever I could do, I would be find, trying to find him even if it took 50 years. Why? Because he's mine. Right? He's mine. And whether we like it or not or whether we fully get it or not, this is the heart of God. His love does not stop. I love what Britton said. I'm going to say it again. His love doesn't change. He doesn't change. And here's the crazy thing. We can believe that God's love will run out. And by the way that we view him sometimes, we think that. Let's just be honest. We do think that God's love runs out sometimes. I'm just going to be real. Or his love is dependent on your behavior. But the main thing is, is that his love, like last night, is relentless. And we have got to deal with that. Because some of us don't believe that his love is relentless over our lives. Some of us, as a matter of fact, have chosen the things that he hates I think some of us test him to see, oh, it's like poking a bear. Oh, can we get him to rout? Is he really going to change? But he ain't going to change. His love is relentless towards us. I don't get it. I don't understand it sometimes. I don't deserve it, but it's who he is. And the quicker we come to trust and believe what God says about himself, the greater your life will become in him. Right? Give me something else. Maybe one or two more. One or two more. What else to teach about the heart of God? One or two more. Y'all know how many people we had praying and we called and was praying for that, for that situation? Y'all want to take a guess? Hundreds. Hundreds of people. Y'all know how many people y'all have praying for you right now at this camp? Not just with the Indian Springs ladies and guys. You know, this camp started with four people praying, right? Not just the Indian Springs ladies who are crying out for you night, night and day. Forge has over 700 people praying for you right now. I've got a growing team of prayer partners. So does Britain. He's got a whole church behind him. You probably right now, if I'm not mistaken, and Beth, you, might, you and Carrie, y'all might correct me over here. I would be willing to bet right now, right now, today, right this moment, potentially, you probably have close to 1,000 people or maybe a little more, 1,000 people, right, who are connecting with the heart of God praying for you and for me right now. 1,000 people that are mentioning you before God today that we would know that relentless love of Christ. That's crazy. That's love. That's the heart of God. All right, for $1,000, $1,000, you mind paying this for me? $1,000, Monopoly money, $1,000. Do you know what Jesus is doing right now? You want to take a guess? What his heart is right now, the heart, you know what he's doing right now? Anybody for 1000 bucks? Say that one more time. All right, good. Uh, Britain, get here $1,000 Monopoly money. You're going to pass go a few times. That's going to help you a lot. So here's what he's doing right now, according to Romans 8. He's praying for you before the, before the Father. He's crying out for you and for me that we would know this love. This crying out for you that his heart and ours would come together today. That's what he's praying for. Jesus right now, he rules the world through prayer. This is his heartbeat. His heart is to be near to you and me. He's crying out to God, Lord, they need to get it. Lord, I plead my own blood before you. Lord, you, you understand? He's pleading for us to know this love, to know him deeply.
And the question for us is, what's keeping us from that love? The question would be is, what, what do we not understand about the character and nature of God? What do we need to wrestle with? Because this is the heart of God, and his heart is a heart of welcoming love. Because I'm going to tell you where I found Gavin. He was hiding. And what God says to all of us, he says, come out of hiding and come to me.